0: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
1: It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it.
0: Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them,
1: it's just That's right, right. Presented by Syracuse.com and nyup.com. The Bills make me wanna...
0: What is up, Bills Mafia? Matt Perino coming to you from inside Lincoln Financial Field. The site of another debilitating, disappointing, heartbreaking... Uh, defeat for the Buffalo Bills, uh, final score 37-34. <clears throat> the Bills lose in tremendous fashion. I mean, mm. it's it, this thing is starting to, it feels like it's going off the rails. In in, in a crazy way, though, it, it's, it's a game where so much good was happening that to have it end the way that it did, and we're going to get into all of the the ways that it did, and of course, we're brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Uh, Delicious and convenient meals. Looking to spend less time in the kitchen and more time enjoying what you love? Try creating your next fall meal using one pot, one pan, or one skillet. Save time with convenient recipes that cut down on preparation and cleanup, plus find everything you'll need at Tops. Click their weekly ad by heading over to topsmarkets.com slash onepotmeals. All right, Ryan, we have to start, I think, With Sean McDermott, and the headline is: Was this a Sean McDermott loss? Was this? If if we're finding places and people to blame, do we want to start with Sean McDermott? Because to me, it felt like I was sitting in the press box, and the, the the game got to overtime, and we'll talk about how it got there. But you're in overtime. You're driving down the field. You have two instances of conversions on third and long on the drive, the throw to Gabe Davis, the run by Josh Allen. You get down to fourth and six, and he opts to kick the field goal, and it felt like in that moment you were almost conceding defeat because the Bills had given up three touchdowns late in the, late in the third quarter into the fourth quarter. It They couldn't do anything to stop the Philadelphia Eagles, hand the ball back to Jalen Hurts, and, oh, surprise, surprise, they go down and they score a touchdown.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for someone to blame on, on the Bills, I think it has to be Sean McDermott. And a lot of it has to do as well, Matt, as in, in terms of how it got to overtime. And uh, the fact that he burned one of his final timeouts in the second half, uh, trying to ice the kicker, essentially, saying he wanted to make him think about it out in the rain instead of having two timeouts in 20 seconds with one of the best quarterbacks in the league where... Uh, with those timeouts, you know, you, you have the middle of the field wide open to you to try to get a big chunk of yards. You have the second one to try to set up a game winning field goal. Uh, and instead, they take a knee, and, you know, I get the, I, I hear what he said. Oh, they have a good D line. Uh, we don't want to, you know, we don't want something to happen there. I get that. But like you said, Matt, to your point, this defense was not stopping anyone late in the game. The Bills um, seemed to struggle to make any adjustments once the Eagles started getting their run game going with Swift. Once the run game was going with Swift, uh, Hertz was more effective with his legs. They were, you know, converting on these ridiculous third and long plays in the end zone, uh, play where Micah Hyde got beaten. So, you know, the fact that they let it get to overtime and then what happened in overtime was inexcusable.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's so much to get into here um, and and how we where we start and where we go. It's going to be a a ride here on the Shaw podcast. So hang in there with us. But I want to start with this. Um, the bills are the, uh, Ed Werder put out a tweet, uh, the bills are the 40th team since the 1970 merger to have 500 yards of offense in a game, Ted third down conversions and a pause over turnover margin in a game. So 40 teams in NFL history have done it. The bills are the first team in that scenario to lose the game teams were 39 and 0 entering today. Check out these Josh Allen stats, Josh Allen recorded 300 plus passing yards and 75-plus rushing yards for the fourth time in his career, becoming the first player in NFL history with four such games. Uh, Russell Wilson and Michael Vick have done it three times. So now Josh Allen is the only guy to ever do it four times. Allen uh, also had 300 yards-plus passing, 50-plus rushing yards for the seventh time in his career, second most in NFL history behind Steve Young's eight. Also had 300-plus passing yards and a rushing touchdown for the fourth time this season. Had four in 2020, three in 2021. Only QB in NFL history with multiple seasons with three or more such games. There's another one. There's another. And, and if you want the full thread, go follow Mike Heim at M-I-K-E-H-A-I-M on Twitter. It's an, it's an eye-popping thread of Josh Allen's stats and accomplishments to, from today. And he had the bad interception. There's no way around that. But this was a performance that was wasted, Ryan. It was wasted by a defense that couldn't figure out a way to come up with a stop. And it's becoming, like, if you're looking at the overarching theme of this season, for as much time as we've spent on this offense, uh, offensive coordinator um, sacrificed, fired. Um, You know, an offense that, you know, has been struggling to find its identity. This defense in the biggest spots has let this team down. Mac Jones. The Denver Broncos with the whole, you know, getting the defense off the field. And again, today, when they needed a stop, any stop, one stop on four or five drives, they couldn't get a single one.
1: No, and this has been a recurring theme for this team and their losses. And, you know, I don't think they've lost a game yet by double digits, Matt. But what has happened is Josh Allen has left the field in regulation with the lead. Uh, only to let Mac Jones and the Patriots win it late. Let Zach Wilson, you know, that one went to overtime. I know punt return, but let Zach Wilson and the company tie it up. Russell Wilson was another one there. Then today as well. Uh, you're right. You're wasting prime Josh Allen, a quarterback that went out there uh, and was absolutely, you know, slicing and dicing the Eagles defense apart with his arm, with his legs, uh, played exceptionally well in the rain. Uh, and while he did make that one interception, you know, he, what he did late in the game was got the lead back for Buffalo uh, with that touchdown pass to Gabe Davis. So I liked what the Bills were doing on that final drive in, in regulation before the the kneel down. Uh, they were chewing time off the clock. They were trying to get as much time off as possible to give as little time to the Eagles. But they just, you know, there was just too much left there. Uh, and, and we all know what happened in overtime. This, this does fall on the shoulders of Sean McDermott. And this defense, once again, not being able to make a big play in a big moment uh, to kind of seal a game.
0: Yeah. And I just I just don't like the vibe of it. Like there's got to be a level of accountability from Sean. And like so he says uh, he starts with himself. Right. And and I think the implication there is that like, you know, he's got to do better. He's got to be better. I get that. It, It makes perfect sense. But there's this preaching of complimentary football. And today the Bills didn't play it. The offense gave the the Bills the best chance to win today. And the defense didn't. And I and I feel like there's this hesitation, especially now, for Sean to really lean into that fact and talk about it. And maybe we'll get a little bit more um introspection tomorrow when he gets a chance to, you know, watch it back and really get a, a full grasp of the game that the, the offense had and Josh Allen had. Against the Philadelphia Eagles defense is really good. I mean, this is, they don't give up this many yards. I mean, I, I know Washington put up 400, you know, a couple weeks ago. Sure, fine. But this is the most yards, most points in a game against the Philadelphia Eagles this season in their house. You have to find a way to win this game. And, you know, yeah, Stefan Diggs making plays, a couple drops. There were a couple drops in this game. So, you know, maybe that's what he's talking about, Sean, when he's saying there's opportunities for more because, Maybe there was, you know, some opportunities for women They score more points if, you know, Stefan Diggs had a drop. You know, uh, who, who had a, uh, a? I think Gabe Davis had a really bad drop. Somebody else had a drop. We'll get into the James Cook situation in a little while. Uh, John Falsetta over on YouTube uh, gives us a super chat here. McDermott is the modern day Marty Schottenheimer. I've been telling everyone this for years, and you know that's something that Colin Cowherd's been screaming from the rooftops. And you know, the more of these games that are just absolute blunders late in games. I mean, you're looking at Sean McDermott being one in six in his career as a head coach in overtime. Now that's pressure packed moments. Like, how do you handle that? And, you know, he continues to not be able to kind of answer the bell, which I thought was fitting in Philadelphia of all places, you know, uh, all the Rocky montages before the game and they play the theme music throughout the game. And it's like, man, you got to get up and you, and you got to throw a haymaker of your own and you had the opportunity to throw it on fourth and six. And I felt like you just chose not to.
1: Yeah. I mean, you had the opportunity late in that game to have the ball in Josh Allen's hands and, and whether it's him throwing or running the ball, because we saw him uh, break out of the pocket, you know, pump fake, get those yards I would have had a lot of confidence in the bills had they decided to kind of um, go for it there in overtime and say, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe this is a loss for this team if if they don't score a touchdown there, but I'd rather go for the win, go for the fact that you don't put the ball back in uh, Philadelphia's hands in that scenario, because like you said, that defense was just absolutely gassed at that point. Uh, They weren't stopping anything. The, The run game was working for Philly. The receivers were getting soft cushions. So, uh, I'm right there with you. And, you know, after the game, uh, I think it was ESPN or NFL or ESPN NFL, whatever it was, put out the, the Josh Allen is now 0-6 in overtime. And a lot of fans pushed back on that and said it's not Josh Allen. He's the one that's gotten them leads, gotten them in positions, gotten them back into games. It's Sean McDermott in this defense. And uh, you look at this loss. You look at some of these other losses that they've had over McDermott's career. McDermott's only overtime win. Game before the Josh Allen era it was a Joe Webb, Nathan Peterman quarterback game. And and maybe the only reason they won that game, Matt, is it was literally played in a blizzard uh, where LaShawn McCoy ran it in from, I don't remember how many yards out in OT, but uh, you know they have not had much success with the way that he has coached. He's coached too conservatively in big moments.
0: There's a tweet here from James Palmer uh, out of the Philadelphia Eagles locker room. Uh, about an hour ago, Jordan Mailata, uh, the starting left tackle, said on the game-winning touchdown that he couldn't believe the Bills gave them that look. Uh, That play where Jalen Hurts ended up running and scoring the touchdown um, is a staple within their offense. And when they saw the safety move, they all knew Jalen would score, like before it even happened. And You know, I mean, that's an indictment of, again, McDermott's defense, his preparation, being ready to adjust uh, to that spot, especially if you're McDermott. And again, like, I know this probably comes off as a completely like uh, McDermott heavy criticism podcast, but like if you're McDermott and you're kicking that field goal as the head coach, right? You're basically puffing up your chest and saying, my defense is going to stop Jalen hurts and this offense. And to have that game go the way that it did at the end of the, at the end of it, some of the gaffes by your safeties in that game. I mean, Micah Hyde had a, had a fourth quarter, third quarter to forget. And we're going to have to have to start having a really serious conversation about what this looks like down the stretch in the next season and how the Bills are going to have to start reshaping this thing because defensively, I know they're without Matt Milano. I know they're without Tredavious White. It was actually interesting. Daquan Jones was in the locker room today. He made the trip, which I'm wondering if he's, to to McDermott's earlier point, if he's ramping up, will there be games worth coming back for in December? That'll be a big question.
1: Yeah, that'll be a huge question. I mean, at this point, the Bills almost have to win out uh, to, to get to you know 11 wins to have a really good chance of making the playoffs. Uh, and maybe, you know, they could slip up one more time, but it's looking like, um, you know, more and more in these games that they can't close out, if they can't win against this great competition, you know, Philadelphia Eagles, NFC uh, representatives in the Super Bowl, they have the Chiefs post by. they have the Cowboys who are playing great football, the Chargers who, uh, again, the the Chargers record-wise not good this year, but tons of talent they have to figure things out and fast. They've already given up some, you know, some wins that they should have had earlier this season and and time is running out on them. And and you're right. If uh, you're not in position to make a run at the playoffs, if I'm Daquan Jones, I don't know if I am ramping up to get back out there knowing how uh, important it is for him to be healthy next year and and to see, you know, uh, will Buffalo bring me back or what, you know, what could go on with that. So it's tough. It's a really tough situation because, You know, you're sitting here and you're like, hey, Joe Brady has kind of unlocked things on this offense. Two weeks in a row, 30-plus points. They look great, and yet you have this head coach that's kind of drowning, so to speak, and and he's not making the big plays that you need him to make or coming up with dialing up the right calls. And the seat's getting hot. Whether people want to admit it or not, you can't just keep wasting these prime years of Josh Allen, to your point, yes, no Matt Milano. Uh, I get that he's the defensive MVP of this squad, but you have to come up with a way to make some stops late in this game. Instead, they were just getting steamrolled by that Eagles offense.
0: Uh, speaking of getting steamrolled, uh, your, your text line this week is likely going to be very, very uh, busy. Uh, the Shout Insider text line, 716 528 67 27 become an insider today if you have questions if you have comments if you have complaints if you have concerns if you have to vent that is the best place to do it it's a 2 week uh, free trial and then it is 399 a month after that and the Shout Insider text line is brought to you by um, Carrie C. Byer, attorney with the law offices of Francis M. Letro, located at 237 Main Street, Buffalo, New York. If you or someone you know is seriously injured, give him a call at 716-852-1234 or check out litrolaw.com. Ryan, how concerned are we about Von Miller? Because I've been in the defensive camp of him. Like, give him some time. Let him get it ramped up to 300 400 reps, uh, before or snaps before you start to really evaluate what it's looking like, man, at times today, was it, it just felt like a struggle for him. It, it feels like he's, you know, struggling to find the version of himself, any kind of consistency, any kind of like splash play, like, I almost feel like I'm like I did watching Tremaine Edmonds for so many years, just watching him on so many plays, looking for him to have some kind of success. And you know, I saw him struggling in pass protection. I know a lot of people thought it should have been a holding call, um, but he was working against the backup tight end and he couldn't do anything to. Um, unglue himself from the middle of the guy's jersey. And I just feel like this is not Von Miller. Like, this is not the guy that they gave all this money to to be like a a difference-making force on their defensive line. And I say all that on a day when, for the most part, this defensive line played pretty well. You saw Tim Settle, Linval Joseph, both record sacks. I thought there were moments when both of them struggled as well, especially in the second half. But I think Leonard Floyd continues to have a huge impact Mm -hmm. on this team. Greg Rousseau was absolute monster against the run in this game. Like one of his best games. I know he didn't have a sack. I don't know how many pressures he had, but against the run and in, in their RPO game, he was absolutely electric. And so I don't know. I, I don't know where we're at with Von Miller. I don't know if he can get back to the level that he was because I, I thought by now we'd at least see signs and and I don't know, maybe I have to go back and watch this entire game and maybe there'll be a couple few mm-hmm. plays. It just doesn't feel like it's enough.
1: Yeah, there, there was only one play that I can recall where I thought he actually got somewhat close to Jalen Hurts and Hurts was still able to get away from it. But there were a lot of instances, too, where uh, he's standing up pre-snap. The, the snap goes off. It almost feels like he is, he's moving through quicksand and, and he makes his this first little move and the offensive tackle's not biting on it. Uh, and then he's just kind of running around, running outside of, the play and he's not coming close to getting after the QB. So it's tough because again, it's been just a slightly over a year since he suffered this injury. You've invested a lot of money in him. That contract was essentially a three year deal and you're in year two. Now you want to get him ramped back up, but is it for the betterment of your team that he's out there in some of these pivotal third and fourth round <laughs> plays where you're getting more from Leonard Floyd and AJ Epinesa and Greg Russo and even Shaq uh, Lawson uh, at times. So it's something where I think the Bills, you know, you, you want to still get him out there, get him a few reps. But in terms of meaningful reps, I don't think he's worth having out there on the field right now, Matt.
0: Um. I want to pivot back a little bit to what we started with and get back to Sean McDermott a bit, but also just the decisions down the stretch and how the fourth quarter played out because, you know, you almost felt like the Bills were stringing things out as they were on their final drive and trying to make the clock go down as much as possible. But you're in that really tough situation. And remind me, the next place I want to go is the officiating because it was putrid, and we got to talk about that. Um, But they're, they're driving down the field. And I, I, you know, they're trying to string this thing out. The the drive went for, let me bring it up here. The feeler, the touchdown drive went 74 yards on 10 plays. 514 was the time of possession. Um, They, it was a third down play. They could have gotten a first down, but again, you got to you got to make the play that that's there to be made. Josh Allen with a strike to Gabe Davis. They go ahead. They take the lead. That's what you want. You want to put it on the defense to then to then make a stop. And you know how it went from there was was really interesting down the stretch. And having him having them come down. The third down timeout, and I was writing furiously at um, we were getting close with our instant observation story. So I missed that initially, went back and watched it again, talked to some people in the room. And he wanted to set the defense, but it's just like I don't understand wanting to set the defense there because you you have them in a third and long situation where you've been so good all day long. I don't think the, the, the Eagles converted a third down until late in the third quarter in this game. And so you have to be buttoned up in those situations. You can't waste timeouts. Sometimes I feel like Sean McDermott is so easily open to wasting timeouts. So to me, that's a wasted timeout, number one. Then you get the defense set, you hold them, and now they have to kick a long field goal. You ice the kicker. Honestly, I think we've learned over the last couple of years it's almost a little bit more pressure-packed to come in in the instance and then hit right. it right away and, and make the field goal. So he blows another timeout. And here's the biggest problem. You now lose those two timeouts. We've seen the Kansas City Chiefs in 13 seconds on his own defense go down the length of the field in two plays for a field goal. You could end up with 20 seconds and two timeouts in the middle of the field, two quick strikes, and have a long field goal to try to win it. I just don't understand the conservative nature that he plays with late in games, especially when – it was a game where I thought offensively they were playing in a way that should have empowered him to be a little bit more aggressive. What's up everybody. Matt Perino here. One half of the shout Buffalo bills football podcast here today to talk to you about prize picks America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million members It is the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite sports and players, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. Testing your skills on prize picks this playoff basketball season is the most simple way to get in on the action. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and submit your lineup. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes prize picks the number one fantasy sports app. Download the app today and use code SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today and use code SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy.
1: After the Bills are done watching the film on this game tonight, Sean McDermott should have to sit in front of a TV and watch the end of the Bills-Lions game from last year because there was about 20 seconds on the clock in regulation when Josh Allen made one pass to Stefan Diggs and got that team into field goal range and got them set up for a game-winning kick. Uh, And, you know, say, what's the difference between a game like this and and where you're at now? And in what this year's matchup against the Eagles was almost as close as you can get, Matt, to a must-win game. And instead of going out there and at least even attempting it, you played not to. You didn't play to win. You played not to lose. You played conservatively. The icing, the kicker does not really work in twenty twenty three. And listen, there was some bad luck there. I don't remember who the third down pass went to. Jordan Poyer made a great play on, it and he knocked the ball loose. Had he just tackled the player uh, after making the short catch, it would have been kind of a scramble to get out there. Might have had them panic a little bit more. Might have had a whole different outcome. Uh, but to burn your timeout there, one of your, you know, your two remaining timeouts made absolutely no sense. Uh, and it essentially set you up to just concede to play for overtime. Where it, listen, the Bills almost did win a miscommunication between Allen and Diggs or Allen and, and Davis, excuse me. Uh, but that's still not what he should be doing in a close to a must win game as you can possibly have.
0: Um, Larry said Allen also throws a lot of picks. Uh, uh, a pick and the game is over. Um, and, and I think that that's a fair point. Like, I think that, that, you know, I will say that Sean bringing up the fact that, listen, it as pass rushers in that situation, like if they get after Josh Allen, a turnover in that situation, we've seen that uh, as well, a few times. So I think that's a fair point. I think we should bring those fair points um, in here. Um, somebody, of course, no names, uh, Squawka87. You guys in the media are too soft on McDermott when asking him questions. I'd like to know exactly what questions weren't asked of McDermott, because I guarantee you, if you go through the transcript of everything that was asked, I asked him specifically. This is what I wanted to know after the game. I wanted to know he was so quick to talk about complimentary football weeks ago when the offense was struggling. Now that things have kind of flipped, Didn't it feel like the defense let down the offense tonight? And I don't think he loved the question, but is that not being hard on him? Like, he was asked in the press conference about the timeouts, about the decisions to kneel, about the decisions to not go for it on fourth down. Like, I think that there's this misnomer that the media needs to go in there and start screaming at him. Like, (laughs) the tough questions were asked, and he had to answer for them. How he answers them are completely up to him.
1: Yeah, and, and screaming at a head coach doesn't work in uh, the NFL. You can ask all the tough questions, but Sean McDermott, to his credit, has learned to you know, a- avoid saying much of anything when asked these questions, and that's what a lot of good head coaches do. That's not a criticism. He, he avoids or he finds a way around it. Maybe he doesn't answer all, every part of a question. Uh, it is what it is, but like you said, the tough questions are being asked by him. Uh, I, they were asked about the officiating as well. He was asked about the officiating. He doesn't want to get into that. He was asked about uh, the timeouts, and, and he talked about the whole icing the kicker and trying to make him think in the rain and you know, not wanting to have a turnover there late. So everything that I think fans wanted to have asked was asked. It's just Sean McDermott maybe didn't give the answers that fans wanted to hear.
0: And I mean, to a degree, I get it. I mean, there, there's only so far he can go. I mean, listen, he's, he's culpable in all of this and it's hard to stand up there and just say, yeah, if I would have coached better, we would have won the game. Like you know, not many coaches are, are going to say that point blank. Like I, I kind of get that. And we don't get a chance to talk to Terry Bakula. We don't get a chance to talk to Brandon Bean. So this, it, it's a complicated matter and it's going to get more complicated as we go along because eventually somebody's going to have to answer for it. And so, I don't know. I don't see a path to him getting fired this year, even if they don't make the playoffs, Ryan, unless there's complete organizational collapse, knowing that they just gave him an extension and they announced the extension. I mean, it's a, it was celebrated. It was, you know, he is, I feel like he's in a really good spot with, with, with his own situation, despite how things have gone this season.
1: I think if the bills miss the playoffs, they at least have to get a feel for, uh, the locker room has he lost the locker room? Does he still have the support of the locker room? I, I can't just sit here and say that that he's not going to be fired. But I'm also in agreement with you that the fact that you sign him to an extension before the start of the year that that certainly helps his case. Uh, the, the fact that he has these injuries on defense to I guess use as an excuse. Uh, as to why that side of the ball really struggled at times uh, might benefit him as well. But if you are Terry Pagula, you have to sit there and say there's only so much of a prime you get with a quarterback like Josh Allen in this league, and there's only so much of a window you get to win the Super Bowl. And, you know, this was just a wasted year <laughs> if, if the Bills fall short of the playoffs, which, uh, again, there's a, a lot of drop-off, uh, in the afc after those you know first three teams um there's a lot of teams that are just a half game a whole game ahead of the bills that could fall apart late in the season two and the bills could go on a run but they have fallen well short of expectations this year and that you know that should be held against McDermott especially after uh you know Leslie Frazier leaves and we did get some more light on what why Leslie Frazier left he talked to the media recently about that but you know, this is Sean McDermott getting to call his defense the way he wanted to do it. And in many times it's fallen short this year.
0: Um, all right, let's switch gears here real quickly because I do got to take off here in a moment. Um, let's get into this officiating tonight and man, was it just an absolute joke? And I don't like talking about officiating too much because, right. you know, it's so like, uh, you know, every, every team thinks they should get every call and and, and trying to like wade through all that. But to go almost three quarters and have it be 11 or 10 to 1 in, in terms of penalties calls on the Bills versus penalties called on the Eagles, is just insane. And there was actually a pool report uh, tonight coming off of the game and Sean Hockley was asked about um, the, the what I thought was probably the most egregious call of the night, and that was the no call on the horse collar Hassan Reddick on Josh Allen. His jersey was ripped, and here's the quote from Hockley: "We felt that the force was from the front of the collar, and what pulled him down was not from the back. So for for but if there's actually a a, a replay, I'm not sure who shared that. it. It might have been Annie Agar." Um, we've had her on the podcast before where it's literally like just Reddick's back of his hand on, uh, on Allen's. So it's like, you're either not watching or you saw it and you didn't call it, which whatever. I mean, NFL officiating is a weekly talking point around the league. Why they called the grounding was, was to me even more horrible because they took, they didn't call it initially. Then they like, Waited about 30 to 40 seconds and then had like a little bit of a powwow for like another 30 seconds and then came away and threw the flag. And he said he's responsible for where the ball goes, given that he started his throwing motion after he was contacted. So he didn't feel like the ball was in the vicinity of the area of an eligible receiver. But I think it was Shakir was literally three or four yards away from him. So how could he not be in the vicinity?
1: Yeah, I think it, I thought it was Gabe Davis, but whoever it was, there was a receiver in the vicinity. That was a terrible call. Uh, there was another quote from Hockeley about a uh, hold. I think it was on uh, Trent Sherfield, and the referee's view was obstructed, but Sherfield's one arm was pinned by Slay. There was the jersey grab by Stefan uh, Diggs by Slay that went uncalled. You know, maybe the most frustrating one to me at the end of the game today, Matt, was in overtime with the A.J. Brown. Uh, the catch and what could have been a fumble recovered by a Japanese. I don't think there was actually even a review of that play. They called it incomplete. The bills used a timeout after that, maybe trying to get more uh, of a look or to see what could be done. But in this Sunday night game, and I don't know if you've watched it at all, you probably haven't had a chance to watch it. There was almost an identical play. And in that case, it was called a fumble. It was a turnover uh, that worked for the Ravens. So the NFL, not knowing what a fumble is and, you know, how many steps and what the movement is from game to game and not even having a review there uh, that could have, you know, that would have changed the entire landscape of the game as well, because the bills recovered that it would have been a clear recovery. And and yet the league didn't even consider looking at that in overtime.
0: Over 600 watching right now on YouTube. Uh, You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for hanging out, watching on what is obviously a very frustrating kind of night because this was just another one of those games where the bills had the opportunity to win. And, you know, for, for a multitude of reasons, I mean, obviously Sean McDermott has has felt a lot of the heat uh, for it, but, you know, uh, there was a lot of, you know, bad plays in this game too. uh, In a game where there was a lot of good ones as well, you know, the Bills sit at 10th in the AFC right now. Uh, I wrote that in my story that's live up uh, at the website now. And I know it feels like the season is over, but I still think that there is a potential run in them. And that's crazy to say considering like what we just saw from in this game, what we've talked about with Sean McDermott and what's happening at the you know, the top right now at the organization with him as a head coach, I think there's too much on his plate. I think being the defensive coordinator and being the head coach at the same time was always a super difficult ask. I mean, who are the the people around the league that are doing it? I mean, really, who are they? Brandon Staley. I mean, the guy's about to be fired. There is a reason why head coaches act as the CEO and they, they have other people to run their sides of the ball. And you got to find talented people and empower them to be um to, to work in those roles. But I say that because the Chiefs look beatable. They went down 14-0 today. I think you go on the road and you could probably beat them. Dallas in a couple of weeks, they've been playing really well, but who knows? I mean, they've they've fallen off in the past. And I just don't think that those four teams in front of the Bills, and that includes the Steelers, and that includes the Cleveland Browns, aren't above going on losing streets. So listen, as crazy as this is, and as, as dire as the situation feels, I still don't think we could be sitting here at the other end of maybe the Patriots game and talking about a winning streak going into, you know, that final week.
1: Yeah, I I think it's possible, especially with the offense clicking, putting up a lot of points, moving the ball. I don't want to say with relative ease, but it has been with relative ease uh, for the most part the past two weeks and uh, if you can get in there and you know move the ball against the Chiefs defense that has actually bailed them out at times this year, uh, and we know Josh Allen has had a lot of success against that defense, that's a winnable game because as great as Patrick Mahomes is, as great as Travis Kelsey is, that offense has struggled at times this year because of the other weapons on that team and the other, you know, the, the players that... Just aren't coming up with the clutch plays, the MBS, the Watsons of the world. Uh, they're missing playmakers, so that's a winnable game. The Bills have to win that one, though. Another conference loss um, might just sink them. And you know it, it's tough because you have the the Chiefs who are Super Bowl contender. You have the Chargers of all the talent in the world, and then you have a, a Patriots team that you know, by all means, looks like they're they're tanking or they're, they're not uh, putting much effort forth to win. But you've already lost them once. It's inexcusable. You're one of the two wins on, on their docket so far this year. And then obviously the Dolphins in that final week of the season will be a very interesting one, too, in terms of in-conference games. Bills almost have to run the table in those games. And then the Cowboys as well, obviously, you'd like to get that uh, fifth win, too. So from what I've seen from the offense, yes, it's possible. But the defense really needs to figure some things out.
0: Um, Yeah, so this is a comment from Pops Mafia. Should McDermott be just the defensive coordinator? Unfortunately, the NFL doesn't work like that. Hmm. Uh, and honestly, like in a perfect world, maybe, right? He's an, he's an elite-level defensive coordinator. That's why he got the job. The problem is when the bullets are flying against great teams, you have to make really important, hard decisions in the moment. And, you know, he's – you know, falling short in that department. Uh, we have another uh, super chat here. It's just too many bad losses under McDermott. If we don't make a change, we will have the same conversations every year. And it's, you know, I've been thinking, I've been thinking about it this a lot this week too. It's like in the last couple of weeks as the Bills change coordinators and you have to really be forward thinking in the NFL. Like you have to see the fires that are going to start and put them out before they – they really turn into, you know, the kind of situation that'll destroy your house. And I'm not saying that necessarily that this is a fire that's destroyed the Bills organization, but there is a a Sean McDermott problem within the organization in that they don't win in really tough spots often enough. In big time games and big time moments, they falter often. And so I think it's a situation now where You know, I don't know if it was after 13 seconds. I don't know if it was after the Cincinnati Bengals game, which is hard because how, if you're Terry Pagula, do you fire him after 13 seconds knowing everything they went through with DeMar Hamlin and everything like that. But now you're faced with this stark, like truth that maybe they they've reached the pinnacle of what they can be under Sean McDermott.
1: Yeah. I I mean, that's well said. This is a team that uh, the past three years has found a way to win the division uh to get to the playoffs but you could argue that they have peaked come postseason time 2020 you get to the championship and they haven't you know been there since 2021 the the 13 seconds that you alluded to last year everything with demar hamlin the emotional uh you know everything with the, their emotions i think were pretty much well were pretty well drained excuse me at that point in time so uh, i get it but you, you do have to sit there and say okay so we, we haven't been able to get to a certain point since 2020 in the playoffs. And now you're at risk of not even winning the division or making the playoffs this year. That's a big step backward for a team that had Super Bowl, you know, one of the Super Bowl favorites, high Super Bowl odds, high expectations <laughs> coming into this year. Injuries unfortunately happen in this league and some teams find a way around them. Other teams uh, use it as an excuse. And, and right now, You know, they're missing their defensive MVP in Matt Milano, but that doesn't give them the excuse for some of these mistakes that they've made in in big moments in big games, late in games, uh, where where they have just ultimately failed. And a lot of that failure has to go on the plate of Sean McDermott for the play calls, for the decision-making, the all-out blitz against Denver that set up their game-winning field goal, the 12 men on the field in that same game, what happened here tonight against Philly letting a Mac Jones-led offense march down the field against you uh, in crunch time. The list goes on and on. <laughs> this team has regressed this year. There's no doubt about it. Uh, they're going to have to go on quite the run just to get into the playoffs. And once you're in, anything can happen. But right now, I feel like that seat needs to be very warm for Sean McDermott, despite the extension.
0: All right. Um <clears throat> We got to get out of here. I got to hit the road. I'm actually driving back to – I'm driving to Scranton tonight and then uh, back home tomorrow, Uh, so shortening the drive a little bit. Here's the thing, though. Uh, So everybody knows over the next week uh, the Bills are on a buy. Uh, We'll have coverage of Sean McDermott uh, tomorrow. Uh, I think we'll get the coordinators as well. Ryan and I are going to get together and figure out one day. It'll either be Tuesday – or wednesday next week we'll do one podcast and then um that'll be it for the week next week uh we'll kind of keep we'll go dark for four or five days and then we'll come back for a big week uh kansas city chitty uh kansas city chitties what i don't know dude I'm it's shot download uh the tops markets mobile app get the most out of your shopping experience check out all the amazing benefits you have at the palm of your hand select your preferred store Browse and shop the weekly ad or buy a specific department. Easily locate products at your preferred store with our built-in aisle directory. Enjoy contactless shopping with Tops Grocery Pickup or Delivery Services and clip digital coupons directly to your do- Tops bonus plus card. Download the Tops Markets Mobile app today. He is Ryan Talbot. I am Matt Perino. We will see you next week. Uh enjoy your week, your week. We'll see you for Kansas City Chitties Week. All right, take care, everybody.